Hello and welcome to Cinema Theology. Um, I'm your co-host, Osias Flores, and I'm here joined by our other co-host. Hadid Cortez, it's so good to be back here again talking about movies. Yeah, and today we have an exciting one and one that is meaningful really to Adventist circles because it really highlights the life of one of our Adventist heroes. So if you are a Seventh-day Adventist, you may have heard of this man. His name is Desmond Doss. And even if you're not a Seventh-day Adventist, you've probably heard of this movie, which is called Hacksaw Ridge. So, Dito, tell us a little bit more about this movie. What is it about? Um, this movie is about Desmond Doss, who is played by Spider-Man himself, Andrew Garfield. <laughs> and he is a man who joined the army uh, in, during World War II to fight in Japan. But the twist is that he is a pacifist. He is a conscientious objector, or as he professed himself to be a conscientious cooperator. That means he was serving in the military, but he never carried a gun. He never wanted to kill anybody. And it just shows his struggle kind of with the military, the U.S. military, because it's like unheard of that someone goes into war not wanting to kill anybody. And his struggle with you know, his personal struggles, the struggles he had with his platoon. And then in the latter half of the movie, we actually see the battle where he served in the reason by which he got the Medal of Honor, which was that he rescued over 75 men, like, by himself on, on Hacksaw Ridge, which is Crazy. the namesake of this movie. So, yeah, this is a really interesting movie. It's also a very violent movie. We'll get into some of the issues with that later. But, Josias, what are your general thoughts about Hacksaw Ridge? So, Hacksaw Ridge, I think it's a good movie. I like the movie. Again, I grew up, you know, reading about Desmond Doss, listening uh, stories about him, and so he was one of my heroes. And I think the movie is, is pretty good. Mel Gibson is the director of this movie. And I gotta say, this movie is not for the faint of heart, though. I, uh, I had a friend who, listen, bro, she'd never been to a movie theater in her life, right? Uh, she grew up very conservative Christian. I mean, she wouldn't even, like, watch Disney Pixar movies growing up because I think they were, like, too too far out there. So she grew up watching, like, TVs for, TV shows from, like, the 60s and 70s and such. And so, you know, this movie comes out, and, uh, hey, it's an Adventist hero, Desmond Doss, so I'm going to go watch it. So she, this is the first movie she watches in theaters. Oh, And my. lo and behold, she I know, it's ridiculous. She encounters this incredibly gory film. I mean, you have, like limbs like spraying everywhere and and guts you know spilling out of people and and heads like shot through and brains flying it's uh anyway it's it's definitely not for the faint of heart if you haven't seen it it's uh, incredibly not. gory but also at the same time it it creates um and shows this incredible human being i mean desmond das was super resilient and very strong in his convictions. And I think for that reason, I really like this movie, just to see kind of in the face of uh, adversity, and not just from, you know, an enemy, but from the people who are supposed to have your back and then to stick to your beliefs despite of all that pressure. To me, this, uh, that's an inspiration. So I, I really like this movie. I think Mel Gibson did a good job. Definitely. You know, I have a similar experience, not with a friend, but actually the second time I watched this movie, I think the first time I actually went to watch it with you at the theater. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, we yeah. watched it together. So I the second that. time I saw it, I actually saw it back home and I saw it with my grandparents. And my grandmother <laughs> is, you know, one of those people that has never set foot in a movie theater. But we uh -huh. kind of roped her in. Okay, we're going to watch Hacksaw Ridge. And she went in and 
uh, she loved the movie uh, and she's a nurse so she's kind of used to all the the bloody the bloody scenes the gore and stuff like that so she could take it in a lot better than us actually so yeah it's it's, it's really it's a just a very interesting theater going experience um and as well, I, I really like this movie. I do have some gripes with it, particularly in the first third of the movie. Um, but uh, yeah. I think overall, it's just a great movie. And, you know, talking about Mel Gibson, he's no stranger to kind of religious themes. He also directed Passion of the Christ. And right. he, uh, before that, he's directed like so many great movies such as like Braveheart, Apocalypto, which are very violent mm. as well, very bloody. So he's kind of notorious well, and for... And The Patriot, too, another classic... No, well, to Gibson be fair, movie, he didn't direct. Bloody. He didn't direct the Patriot. Right, he, he didn't direct it, in it, but he was. He's a part of it. Yeah, definitely. So Mel Gibson is kind of notorious for being the king of gore or and or violence, better said. So it's interesting that he chooses to direct a pacifist movie, and I I would describe this as being the <laughs> most violent pacifist movie ever made. And honestly, I wouldn't disagree with you, Dido. I think that's. Uh, I think probably right on point. And I think I'll also have some gripes with this movie. My gripes are more, you know, I think are kind of standard with anytime you make a biopic, there are details that you change. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, you know, my father-in-law knows Desmond Doss's wife's brother. I've met him. I've seen him. And, and my father-in-law goes to church with him and we watch this movie together. And he told me, you know, there's a lot of details about her life that were altered. You know, she wasn't a nurse. She was a school teacher. She never uh, encouraged him to like give up on his beliefs and convictions she wasn't stood up at the altar. So there's a lot of details that were kind of changed for the the dramatic effect of the movie that I wish hadn't been changed. But at the same time, I I, I commend Mel Gibson for not shying away from saying that uh, Desmond Doss is a Seventh-day Adventist. A lot of movies will, <laughs> mm-hmm. when it comes to Seventh-day Adventists, will, they'll say they're Christian, but they won't like portray them as Seventh-day Adventists specifically. So um, I, I think that was great of Mel Gibson to be brave enough to do that. No pun intended with Braveheart. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. Definitely, and uh, um, I kind of agree with you with that. That especially in the things that you mentioned in the characterizations of some of the of the um, I should say supporting characters, I I'm not a big fan of either. But I think the story in itself and the way it portrays the main character is actually pretty pretty faithful. In fact, I remember when I watched this movie, I actually went and looked for sources online on the real story because some of this stuff almost seemed like very Hollywood-esque. And the things that might seem, you know, more unbelievable were things that actually happened. So, mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. fact, there's some more unbelievable things that actually did happen that they were not portrayed in the movie. And I think Mel Gibson himself says that if he put some of these miracles, little <laughs> miracles that happen on the battlefield people would like automatically would like l- like be brought out of the movies like wait this is like way too fantastical but it's just amazing yes. and i encourage anybody who's listening to check out the real story of desmond das there's actually a pretty good documentary that you can find out there on desmond das yeah and there's a couple of movies too i mean not movies uh books too that you can read so yeah but we're here to talk about some of the issues some of the I don't know, some theological issues that we're going to talk about here today. So, Josias, you want to start us off with something? Um, yeah, sure. Let's start us off. I, I'm actually really interested in the issues that you brought up in our kind of our pre-podcast talk. But um, I want to talk about really where does, you know, this strong... So, in the movie, we have this, um, excuse me, we have a portrayal of very strong convictions in behalf of Desmond Doss, mm-hmm. right? And this is And this is true to life. He had very strong convictions in the face of ridiculous things that happened to him. So 
my question was because I, as I saw this movie, it almost seemed like the movie was trying to foreshadow some of his choices later in life. So, for example, when he was a child, they'd kind of portray this interaction with him and his brother where he hits his brother with a brick and almost kills him. And so then he looks that up on his wall, and there's the picture of the four, com- the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, that's that's legit. That, that was an actual picture, pretty similar to the one portrayed in the movie that he had in his house. Mm-hmm. And he looked at the commandment, you know, do not murder, and I kind of like stood out to him, or sorry, do not kill. You shall not kill. Um, and and so it's very interesting that I saw that as okay, some foreshadowing to that. Also, he seems to be very interested in medical things. You know, Dorothy's a nurse, and he's like, hey, I want to know more about medical things. And he just kind of has like a an innate interest in that, which, by the way, again, as I said, Dorothy was never a nurse; she's a school teacher. So, my thing was how much of the heroism portrayed in Desmond Doss's life, and even and as a Christian, right? Like the people who become martyrs and the people who do ridiculous and incredible, amazing things for God. How much of it is their environment and their upbringing versus their convictions and just uh, their willpower to follow God the way that He has to be followed regardless of their own life experience because that's something that kind of stood out to me you know it's, it almost seems like Desmond Doss even if he didn't have his religious convictions I mean I wouldn't go that far but it just seems like um, there was an element of already his experience that supported his convictions and um, I don't know I don't know how I feel about that Dilo. I don't know if I'm making myself very clear even but I guess I was just kind of thinking about that um, and, and seeing if there's other kind of biblical examples of people that did amazing things, but not just because of their God-given commandments, but also because they're just kind of like the person who they were. I don't know. Does that make sense to you? Am I just rambling you know, for I'm no reason? I'm kind of reminded of the story of David and Goliath. Before we introduced David in the story of David and Goliath, we, he is already established as a shepherd. And so we know he has some of these skills, and we don't realize how relevant that is to the story of David and Goliath until he, you know, he says to King Saul, "So yeah, I, mm. while I was a shepherd, I I killed I killed lions, I killed bears, defending my sheep." And uh, it, I think it's that's an element of foreshadowing that where he already has these skills, but you could say also that God gave him these skills, that God put him in a certain place that he could learn so that he could use this knowledge later. And I think that's also something right. that, is, that might be portrayed here in the sense that he has this natural inclination to like medical things. Um, he has the background, you know, with his brother and his father with violence. And that just builds up and comes to a head when he goes to war. Well, that makes sense. I think I, I, I can see and there's a point that you made there that maybe God puts certain things. And I believe this is true. You know, he kind of prepares people sometimes for the work that they are going to be cut out for. And so in their experience, mm-hmm. certain things happen and he, sh- he can shape those things to get them to the place that he wants them to be. And maybe that's the case in Desmond Dawson's life. So I guess the, the takeaway for me from this conversation then and this, I guess, point of the movie would be that, hey, maybe think about your own life and the things and experiences that you've, that you've gone through. And some of the things that may have been painful or some of the things that may seem like they were not as useful could be something that God will use incredibly for an even bigger purpose later on in your life. And uh, I think Desmond Doss's life, Definitely. at least in the movie, it kind of portrays that Very a little good. bit. I like to use the example of the child that brought the bread and fish to the feeding of the 5,000. That morning when he set off from his home, he didn't know that he was going to give this you know, this food to Jesus and Jesus was going to multiply it, but he just simply gave Jesus what he had. And in the same way, we... We have all these skills, we have talents, we have. We can only bring these things to God and ask Him to do what He will with them. 
Yeah, it reminds me of a conversation of Prince of Egypt, too, with Moses. He had a staff, and God's like, okay, hold out your staff. I'm going to use that staff to to do the work that I need to do over in Egypt to free my people, deliver my people. So maybe that's a, that's a part of the, the story, too, of Desmond Das. That's yeah, pretty exactly. fascinating. Well, but what about you? I I, I want to get to like a deeper theme, and I know that you have that you have some good themes there that you've brought out from Hacksaw Ridge. What's one of the themes that you would like to explore here, and, and that you saw as you watched this movie? Well, when this movie came out, there was a bit of controversy because it is, of course, a movie about a main character who is a pacifist, who advocates for nonviolence, uh, someone who doesn't carry a weapon into war, but instead wants to save people. You know, uh, save people from dying. So. But the movie in itself is pretty violent, and you could say, in a, in a sense, also, in, in addition to the heroism of Desmond Doss, also portrays the heroism of the soldiers who went out and fought and, you know, killed people uh, in World War II. So my question, so my question, and the issue I want to I want to address here is, how do we justify, you know, the fact that this film is so violent while it's trying to portray a pacifist message, and on a deeper level, it kind of makes us think about what would we do in Desmond Doss's situation? Would we even go to war? Would we, you know? As you mentioned, where do our principles, mm. you know, kind of break? How far do we take them? Because this was uh, also something that I was thinking about when I was watching the movie. Because I see Desmond Doss, especially in that scene where the, you know, I think the major, the general, someone comes in and he's about to give sign their leave papers. And he asks Doss to, to show that he can use a firearm. And even there, he's like, you know, I'm not going to do that. And I, th- I was thinking, you know, what would I do in, in that situation? That is, that's probably mm-hmm. a situation which, I, and where I would, you know, okay, I'm not going to do this in war, but, you know, I'm going to just demonstrate I can do it, that I have the knowledge. I think the movie definitely kind of struggles with that. And the way that Desmond does in the movie answers that question is like, hey, I saw Pearl Harbor, right? Like, I, I saw the evil mm-hmm. that was caused by, you know, the attacking Japanese. And, I, and I, I'm not a coward in the sense that I'm not going to shy away from the conflict and the evil. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm not going to kill people. I'm going to save people in the midst of this conflict. So I think, that, to me, it raises up a bigger question of what do we do in the face of evil? How do we adequately respond to evil in our lives? And the fact is that we will encounter evil in this world. I mean, that's that's part of the narrative of the Bible, right? Their evil came into the, Definitely. Into the earth and it corrupted humanity and now we have wars and such as a result of this evil that kind of we accepted, you know, and we chose um, through sin. So uh, I think, I I honestly don't have too much of a problem with the way that this movie portrays it. It aligns a lot with my own personal beliefs, so I think that's why, you know, I don't mm-hmm. have a problem with it. I personally do not see, like, I would be a conscientious, conscientious um, objector, if you want to say that. Cooperator, right. I think I still would go to war, but I wouldn't carry a gun. But I know there's there's Christians out there that don't see an issue with this, right? You know, there's Christians out there that, mm-hmm. and there's even Adventists during World War II or Vietnam or whatever that they did carry guns and they did actively, you know, shoot the enemy. And I, I want to commend the film because I think a lesser writer, a lesser director would choose to take a side on this argument mm-hmm. and kind of demonize the opposing uh, philosophy. 
in a sense that maybe you uplift Das's point of view and you preach it. And I think this movie isn't really preachy, nor does it condemn the other soldiers. In fact, there's another scene where I think the character played by Sam Worthington, he comes to Das yes. and he says, you know, I believe in the Bible as much as you do. And I struggle with the idea of killing people. Mm-hmm. But what do you do when everything you hold dear is under attack? Right. And I right. think that the movie is kind of addressing this in the way that it should. It's a complicated issue, and we it's not a place to judge people who take you know differing sides. And I think that's very mature in the way that this film is written. I agree. And um, it's, <laughs> it's a challenge. I think it's a challenge for sure. And I appreciate the movie, again, like you said, in, in portraying the heroism doesn't just look one way. You know, like, in order to be a hero... You don't need to carry a gun around and and be stronger mm-hmm. than the than your than your enemy. Because a lot of times when we think about uh, heroism or when we think about power in this world, it a lot of times looks like the person with the biggest guns or the most or the or the most muscle, right? I mean, we look at the superhero mm-hmm. genre and we have, I mean, a lot of times it's okay who has more power, right? And 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 mm-hmm. um, which and, and and sometimes it's like okay. If the villain has a lot of power, we have to have equal or greater power in order to overcome it. But in this movie, the hero does not have greater power, right? Like the hero, it's his his quality, his outstanding quality is not um, the strength again of his of his muscles. He's a scrawny kid, right? He doesn't carry a weapon. He is not like mm-hmm. necessarily the smartest or brightest um, guy out there. Right, it's not like Captain America that, like, even though he was skinny, he um, was like the most noble, and so he had the opportunity to gain all the muscles later. Right? It's not like that. His his outstanding quality is bravery, is bravery, and he's mm-hmm. a hero despite of his different convictions. And so I think, to me, I love the message about the movie, and I think in our own personal journeys, that's something that we can keep in mind. Like, hey, even if you disagree with some of the things that other people say and some narratives that are shared in this world about power and about what it means to fight back against evil, even if you disagree with those things, that doesn't mean, because you don't look like the normal, doesn't mean that you can't be brave or that you can't do something about it in your own circles. And it actually encourages Definitely. you to, to stand up for what you believe in a way that also serves those around you and uh, honors um people sacrifice as well as honors uh, their justice and their freedom. Definitely. And I love that you bring that up because the film starts out with these horrible scenes of war. And I I also want to Uh, address that that in this movie I don't feel like war is glorified Mm. I think it's portrayed as something like horrific because the scenes are so gory and I think the gore and the violence portrayed actually serves you know just portray how horrible war is in reality and I think that that works to the advantage of the film but when we're seeing the first scene all these this montage Mm. of horrible scenes of war there is a voiceover that is uh, reciting a passage from Isaiah 40, 
which says, uh, have you not known, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. But this is the thing, the part that applies to the movie. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might. He increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary and they shall shall walk and not faint and this and this is so consistent with the movie because what's his nickname what's Desmond Dawes nickname nickname that the colonel gives him private cornstalk yes you know he's he's just like he has a skinny physique you know like nobody would trust him to like carry them right. on their backs when they're like <laughs> wounded but this is the guy that lowered 75 people down from the ridge by himself and I think it just addresses the point that uh, it was his belief in God and the strength that God gave him that allowed him to do this. Because we also see during that scene in the movie when he is uh, he's up there all alone and he's trying to lower people down. Every time he go- he gets when he gives he tells God give God give me the strength to lower d- to save one more. And I think that's something that's uh, it's a great message for the movie as well. Oh man, that message help me save one more. I. <sighs> That is such a powerful message. I think that's like one of the things that got me the most. Both times that I've watched this movie, I've only watched it twice, but both times, just that moment kind of gets to me in like a visceral way because I think, you know, and, and I was telling you beforehand, before we started recording, that there is this kind of wave within Christianity to kind of protect mm-hmm. ourselves in the midst of, you know, evil or opposition whether that's creating our own bubbles or whether that's fleeing uh, a populated areas. You know, a lot of people, when they read Ellen White and Avenue Circles, um, they're like, oh, you know, I got to flee to the country, you know, and, and avoid the big cities and avoid, I guess, the kind of evil and, and sinful living that happens in these places. But yet, when we look at this movie and when we look at Desmond Doss's life, what he does is he meets evil head on. Like he does not run away from the terrible things and the mess yes. that is happening in his world. And in the midst of that, he says, I want to save some people. Is that such a bad thing? Right? Like instead of killing people, I want to save people in the midst of that mess. Is that such a bad thing? And then we see that in the movie. That's he's not he's that's not just lip service. He's legitimately living by that and he's saying I want to give up even the last ounce of strength to save whoever I can, Japanese or American. I do not care. I just want to save one more person. And I think to me that just kind of strikes me as such a powerful thing because a lot of times I choose comfort over mess. Let's be honest. I choose comfort over the need to go and save someone. I mean, how many times in my even already comfortable life do I go out of my way to look for someone who is caught up in the midst of something terrible, maybe like drug addiction or something, just something Mm -hmm. incredibly messy. And how many times do I say, okay, I'm willing to get myself messy as well, get my hands dirty in order to helpfully improve that person's life. A lot of times I choose comfort. You know, a lot of times I choose to say, let someone else take care of it. I mean, right now we are facing a situation in our country with this whole uh, killing of George Floyd that happened just yesterday with our recording. And, um, And it's like a lot of people, yes, they take to social media and they talk about it. And we've talked about this before. I mean, people talk about this on nauseam almost, you know, um, on social media being warriors and so like SJWs or whatever you want to call it. 
but how many people will actually do something about it and like talking or having conversations with police officers and getting their perspective or or talking with the African-American communities and getting their perspective and, and doing real change and, and affecting things and getting their hands dirty, so to speak. Not a lot of people will do that, you know? Yet Desmond Doss is an example of that. And to me, that's an inspiration. And so Help Me Save One More becomes this incredible model for me um, in saying, hey, stop being lazy, so to speak, or stop giving in to comfort and and get involved in someone's life and get involved in the evil that's out there in order to save or at least lead them to Jesus, who's the one who can save them. I agree with you 100%. And in that scene, I, I, there's a scene where basically the platoon is driven off set hacksaw ridge and they start an, an artillery barrage and he's just standing there and he's calling out to god you know god where are you i can't hear you and then that moment he hears the cry of the soldiers you know help me i need a medic and all this stuff and it reminded me of the passage in matthew 25 uh, verse 30 34 which is called talking about when when uh when he comes back when god descends and he calls up to heaven when he says um Come you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. And I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger a welcome or and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So and I think the movie portrays that in the sense that when he calls out to God, he wants to hear his voice. He immediately hears the voice of his fellow, you know, his fellow soldiers crying out for help. And I think that's also in the spiritual application, God sometimes speaks to us he calls us to help the the weary the people who are destitute the poor the people who are suffering the people in in need i think that's just a beautiful thought ah uh, man it really is it really is as and maybe it makes me think about a lot of you know I've, in my own experience and other people that have shared hey i've been praying and i don't hear god you know if if you in your own experience if you're listening and you feel like listen i've i've had prayers and i've prayed for a long time and i just feel like i don't hear god's voice something that i've learned as i've read you know christian heroes in their writings and as i experienced in my own life when we serve when we go out of our way to help someone else who is struggling even if we don't have all the answers in our own spiritual life even if we're a little bit confused and have doubts that can help strengthen our own connection with God. And that can be part of the answer to prayer that God has. So instead of waiting for God or for others to serve us, instead of waiting for uh, something to happen to us, for us to say, you know what, I'm going to affect my world in a positive way by serving other people, it can be, an, it can be a, a strong um, answer to prayer in some ways and also uh, something that will connect us to God in the midst of our service. So I don't think, as some people, you know, they view someone like Mother Teresa or they view other people that have done incredible things, maybe even Desmond Doss, and they say, well, you know, that person has just such a faith, incredible faith, and um, I can't do what they did because my faith is not as big. You know, I don't feel like I have that connection with God. I don't feel like I have the answers. 
the reality is, I'm sure Desmond Doss, and I love that they portrayed that, I'm sure Desmond Doss didn't feel like he had all the answers, you know? And uh, a lot of biblical heroes, they still have their questions. Daniel was like, God, I can't hear you. I don't know the, I don't know what you're trying to say through your writings of, you know, of Jeremiah and, and through the visions that I'm getting. And I don't know why my people are still, you know, enslaved. But as he served, you know, in king's courts, God was working through him. And so I think for us, to, one of the takeaways too is as we serve, God could be working in us and through us and revealing himself in a different way. So I don't know if you have something else you want to talk about here, but I think this has just been an incredible conversation we've been having about this movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Um, I think the other things that I had on my notes may not be as, you know, may not do justice to the conversations that we've had. I will say this, though. I mean, I think about the Bible. I don't know where this is found. I didn't have time to look it up, and I apologize. But it's do not repay, you know, evil for evil, but repay evil with good. And I think I see this very strongly portrayed in the movie, and that's something that uh, that I want to also live by, that I think it's, it's, a, it's a powerful message in the Bible. A lot of times we think we have to answer, again, force with force, and that's not the case. That's not the case. Now, you may feel differently, and that is okay, but um, that's just something that in my own life, and as I watch this movie, it's, it's kind of like being reiterated. Great. So, yeah, I, I think we can leave it there, to be honest. What do you think? Yeah, let's do that. You know what? Let's, uh, let's keep this conversation to this point. And I wish we had other people, like, kind of chiming in. You know, like, I wish I could hear your, you, listener. I wish I could hear your take on this movie. Um, because I think this conversation needs to have a broader space and context. And I would love to get more, more opinions on this. Uh, I would just say, would you recommend this to a Christian? I would recommend this to a Christian with the caveat, like, hey, it's pretty bloody. <laughs> just, just, Basically. yeah, just, honestly, that's it. If it weren't for that, I would show this movie, if it weren't for the, all the blood and gore, I would show this movie to, like, a youth group, right? But because of all that, I'd be like, okay, well, you know, I can't do that quite. But, um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's, it's, a, it's a thought provoker. It's an inspirational movie. It's a call to to faithfulness to Christians and a call to stand up for what's right to anyone. So yes, I would recommend it. Yeah, I think as well, in terms of like Christian movies, I would categorize this as a Christian movie, even though it's not made by a Christian studio or necessarily like, no, a Protestant director. Even in fact, the director is, is Catholic. Mel Gibson is a Catholic. So, uh, and it's just so interesting that he portrayed you know, this character is being faithfully Seventh-day Adventist, where I don't think, I think there's a, there's a version of this where he, he would, he might think this was an unnecessary detail of his life. He was just a Christian, but no, he's a Seventh-day Adventist. And I think everybody who's a Seventh-day Adventist who, who went to watch this movie and who has watched it since, you know, just feels that, oh yes, you know, when they mention, oh, this guy. There's a pride there. Yeah. You know, you you don't really see Seventh Day Adventists portrayed in movies that much, and it's it's really right. heartwarming to see this portrayal. Yeah, because I I agree. I mean, Mel Gibson didn't just portray his his pacifist stance, but also his Sabbath keeping. You exactly. Know? And in multiple points of the movie, they talk about him keeping the Sabbath and not working on the Sabbath, and I think that's pretty special. Kudos to Mel Gibson on that. I think you can be part of this conversation if you think. Uh, so please leave us a comment on you know on Twitter, on on Facebook, or if you want to email us. Uh, our email is cinematheology 
at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is, Josias? At Cinema Theo. So it's like at Cinema Theology without the logi, just at Cinema Theo altogether. Yeah. And we're also on Facebook, yes. right? And Facebook, just look up Cinema Theology, no space, and leave us a comment there. Uh, if you want to listen to our previous episode, we've mostly covered science fiction movies up until this point. <laughs> now we're trying to depart from that genre we're trying to branch out so probably next week we won't be doing another science fiction movie we'll be doing something probably historical as well and hey we're excited because we're on itunes and uh we're on podcast itunes podcast leave us a message there rate uh leave us a rating leave us a comment that would help other people to kind of join the conversation and um join our you know basically unofficial movie club so yeah make sure you do that as well Definitely. And we will see you guys next week. Take care.